Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Friday, May 1st. We've left April behind. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Sony figured out who leaked The Last of Us Part 2 plot details. Square Enix offers some spoiler-free hints about where Final Fantasy VII Remake's story is going next. Microsoft will be sharing Xbox Series X gameplay next week. Jeff Keighley announced Summer Game Fest, and GDC is going digital for the summer. Sony has identified The Last of Us Part 2 leakers. This is something I honestly never thought we would ever get an update on. Like, even if Sony did figure out who was responsible for the leak, it seems like the kind of thing that would just never be shared publicly while Sony quietly pursued legal action. And that is partly the case here. We don't know exactly who or what leaked it, which I say not because I think a weird monster leaked it or something, but because it could have been a large group or an organization. But Hayden Taylor and Rebecca Valentine, reporting for GamesIndustry.biz, updated the site's original story about The Last of Us Part Two leaks with this addendum. Sony has confirmed to GamesIndustry.biz that it has identified the primary individuals responsible for the leaks earlier this week, saying they were not affiliated with Sony Interactive Entertainment or Naughty Dog, as was rumored. The publisher declined to comment further, saying that the information was currently subject to an ongoing investigation. Last of Us Part II's director, Neil Druckmann, shared a link to the GamesIndustry.biz story and wrote, Well, how about that? And then he offered some very smart advice, which was to avoid the comments in order to avoid spoilers, and then also followed up saying, Glad this got cleared up, but there are a lot of other false rumors out there, Looking forward to discussing all of this once the game is out. This is interesting because there were rumors going around that this leak stemmed from a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee frustrated by the studio's work environment, which seemed a little odd to me from the beginning, but certainly not out of the question. If an internal person was upset with Naughty Dog, This would undoubtedly be a way to retaliate, but it always seemed like an action that would hurt the people in the trenches working on the game and the fans more than the developer at large. I would love to learn more details about this leak and how it happened and who was responsible, but I am pessimistic that we will ever learn specific details. Subsequent Final Fantasy VII Remake entries won't have drastic changes. A few more details from the Final Fantasy VII Remake Japanese Ultimania book have emerged that ambiguously offer some details for the upcoming sequels. This translation comes from Itai Komochi, who does various translations on their Tumblr blog. 
Their full translation is linked in the show notes. But one of the more interesting tidbits is from producer Yoshinori Kitase, who said in response to the question, if we follow this remake's story, then the next installment might have major changes compared to the original, right? Kitase said, I've talked about this extensively with Nomura, and that's the game's director, Tetsuya Nomura, who he's talking about there. But I'm sure fans of the original are expecting to revisit familiar locations and scenes, so we have strong feelings to not stray away from that. From here on out, we're not drastically changing the story and making it into something completely different than the original. Even though it's a remake, please assume that FF7 will still be FF7 as usual. And the game's main writer, Kazuhige Nojima, added an additional response to the question saying, For me, I create scenarios that follow the general flow of the original story, but with the assumption that the way things are presented or how events occur might be slightly different. I am very close to the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and even though I am not super familiar with the plot of the original game, I am familiar with people who are and have talked to them extensively about the game over at MinMax, and I have already seen some of the changes that will make the remake stray from the original a little bit moving forward, so it's interesting to hear the game's producer basically saying, eh, don't worry about it too much. The story will not be changing too much. Microsoft is sharing Xbox Series X game announcements next week. It looks like, optimistically, Microsoft is doing the thing we've wanted them to do for a while, or maybe it's the thing we thought they would be doing at E3, by holding an Xbox Series X game-focused event next week. The official Xbox account tweeted yesterday, You want to see games for the Xbox Series X? We want to show you games for the Xbox Series X. Check out first look next-gen gameplay from our global developers, partners within hashtag inside xbox on thursday may 7th at 8 a.m pacific time and on the topic of xbox series x and its games vice president of gaming and head of xbox phil spencer recently spoke with cnbc about the future of xbox series x and offered a few reassurances and a few warnings Annie Pei, reporting for CNBC, wrote, Microsoft Executive Vice President of Gaming and Head of Xbox Phil Spencer said coronavirus won't impact when Microsoft launches its next-gen game console. Instead, the outbreak may affect the new games that are supposed to be releasing in the coming months. Overall, I think we're in line with where we thought we would be, he said while discussing the new Xbox Series X on Thursday during CNBC's Squawk Alley. I'd say the bigger unknown is probably the game production, he added. Game production is a large-scale entertainment activity now. You have hundreds of people coming together, building assets, working through creative. Despite Spencer's warnings that games might be seeing more of a delay than the console itself, it seems like Halo Infinite, which is planned to launch at the end of this year for both Xbox Series X and Xbox One, has not been delayed, which CNBC did also confirm in its report. Xbox Series X, still being on track despite the pandemic, is surprising to me, but I suppose the process of developing and releasing a console is much different than the process of developing and releasing a game. On the production and manufacturing side of things, I assume console manufacturing has a lot more long-term planning than a game, where with a game, many of its biggest final steps can't really be started until the game is complete. 
In any case, I am excited to see what games are shown on Thursday, May 7th. It's certainly the thing I have been most excited for in terms of the next generation of games. We still really haven't seen any Xbox Series X games or PlayStation 5 games in action. There are things like Cyberpunk 2077, which I bet what we've seen is from high-end PCs, so it's probably safe to assume that's what the game will look like on a next-gen console, and we've seen cinematic trailers like yesterday's Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, but I want to see a big AAA game in action. I want to see UI on screen. I want to see health meters. I want to see characters moving forward when you press a control stick, and I really hope that is what we will see next week. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And speaking of game announcement events on the internet, Jeff Keighley announced Summer Gaming Fest this morning. Jeff Keighley is the man behind events like the annual Game Awards and the E3 Coliseum, where they stream various interviews and different things during E3, and he has big plans for the summer in the absence of events like E3. On Twitter, Keighley wrote, This year has been a challenge for all of us. For a while, I thought 2020 might be the first time in 25 years we didn't have a big magic industry-wide event. It really bummed me out to see everything fracture. More than ever, this is a year we need a positive, uplifting center of gravity to bring this global community together. So that's what we're going to build. Today, I'm proud to announce Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of news events from all your favorite game platforms and publishers, It's all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events, playable content and demos of select titles, and a bunch of fun surprises. Keeley followed up those details with a tweet that shared Phase 1, which will take place between May and August, and feature 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Sony, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam you know, which I guess that's Valve, you could say, WB and Microsoft. It seems Microsoft's event next week is technically separate from all this, but Keeley did tweet shortly after his Summer Game Fest announcements. There are so many amazing Summer Game Fest events planned. The schedule launches soon on the website, and next Thursday, Xbox will have a special Inside Xbox episode at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, with Xbox Series X gameplay. Nice thing about that tweet is that it 
doubly confirms that we will definitely be seeing some Xbox Series X gameplay next week, which is very exciting. Nintendo is suspiciously absent from all this because, and I am making an assumption here, I bet they are perfectly happy to do their own thing. No need to be attached to a larger event with other developers and publishers when their own Nintendo Direct will do plenty to get the word out. In a Reddit AMA, someone did ask Jeff Keighley about Nintendo, and he simply said, Nintendo is always welcome. We might not have E3 and a dedicated week of game news this year, but it seems like we will be getting a lot from this event. I'm optimistic about it, and I'm excited. I I think we'll have some good stuff from it. And still, speaking of digital video game events even more, because that's what the episode is about today, I guess, GDC is going fully digital this summer. In a blog post on its website, GDC wrote, We have been continuously reviewing the best ways to serve the game development community over the past few months as the world has continued to adapt to developments. While we very much look forward to meeting again in person as soon as possible, we are moving forward with a plan to transform GDC Summer into an all-digital event in order to best serve our community. As so many game developers embrace remote working arrangements and online collaboration, we're inspired to adapt and deliver GDC in a digital format that will be available to everyone with an internet connection and will work hard to deliver the high-quality content and networking opportunities GDC attendees have come to expect. We believe in the power of gathering our community to share, inspire, and strengthen our industry and are committed to providing that opportunity in August. We look forward to sharing more information about GDC Summer soon. GDC quickly shifted to a digital event earlier this year, and it kind of quietly released a few panels to the internet, and then Sony's PlayStation 5 panel was aired online, and while it was interesting, I think folks expected more news from Sony's presentation, not really realizing that it was initially meant for developers as opposed to the larger public. It was never meant to be a press conference, but folks online kind of thought that's what it was going to be, and were a bit underwhelmed by all the technical details. With GDC putting its foot forward more strongly for the summer digitally, I imagine the various conferences will be understood a little better and the expectations will make more sense. That's it for gaming news today. I have my own correction for myself regarding Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I spoke yesterday about how it seemed like you would only be able to play as Ivor the male Viking leader based on the game's cinematic trailer. I spoke at length, actually, about how that was a little disappointing, but the single choice of protagonist had the potential to focus the story a little more. Well, it turns out you can just scratch all that because you will be able to pick Ivor's gender in the game. Or maybe if you pick a female Viking, she will have a different name, which is how it worked in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But Eurogamer's Tom Phillips wrote in a recent article, quote, One thing the trailer doesn't tell you is that Ivor can be played as either male or female, and that your choice of gender is only part of the customization you'll get. Beards, tattoos, and war paint options will be available to pick from. And that is according to a chat Phillips had with Assassin's Creed Valhalla's lead producer, Julian Laferriere. So that's good. I liked playing as Cassandra in Odyssey, so I will definitely be playing as female Ivor, or whatever her name will be, in Valhalla. 
I am still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I mentioned earlier. I am very close to the end. I am eager to see credits, but I have really been enjoying the game and am preemptively disappointed that I won't be able to see the larger story to its conclusion. I don't know what I'm going to play next, but I'm eyeing Dragon Quest XI for Switch, which is very random. I have never played a proper Dragon Quest game. I've only played the spin-offs, but I am enjoying digging into an RPG right now, and I don't want it to end. So why not just jump ship right onto another JRPG ship? If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylum Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyleatridehome.info, and please think really hard about reviewing the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. And you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games on Monday.